Welcome back to Bird Use Your Bust. It's Busted Weaver and Clarissa Childs, and we're looking forward to our next episode. Lord knows sometimes I get a restless shoulder. I can't get no peace of mind. Don't you know one thing can make it all right, honey? Say you'll be my butterfly. Our first topic today is a little COVID update. Um, it looks like our protocols with WSCGA have been working great and all the other golf associations. Uh, numbers are down across the state and we're looking forward to keeping it going and, and COVID, helping COVID go away. So come out and play. It's safe. It's getting safer every day and we'd love to have you with us. Always remember to keep your mask close though because most clubhouses still require wearing of your mask. Yes. Thank you, Christy Coggins. Busted Weaver couldn't make it today, so we have a sit-in guest host, Christy Coggins, here in the studio with us today. Hey, Christy, welcome to Birdies or Bust. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. We miss Marty. Yes, we do, and uh, look forward to having her back on the next episode. But um, a little bit about Christy Coggins. If you don't know, she's a legendary women's golf coach from the University of South Carolina. She's in the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. Came here from TCU. And um, tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, it's always a fun little side note that I went from being a horn frog to a gamecock. So I never had mascot shock so far in my career. Um, but I'm proud to be a gamecock. And um, I retired, I guess it's been about 12 years ago now. And um, that's been a fun thing. My husband is a builder, we'd have Sawgrass Custom Builders. And so I do what I'm, uh, whatever I can do to help with that. We produce the Blythewood Rodeo now. And um, we've got a little handyman company coming up. So I stay a little bit busy. I try to play golf in the meantime, but um, it's funny. I end up playing in competitions and don't practice. So sometimes my scores show that, but I still love it. It's so fun. That's awesome. Do you miss coaching at all? You know, I do. I miss the kids. And um, funny, I miss the recruiting of it, finding that diamond in the rough that, um, you know, you got to flip over some, some rocks to find. But um, I do and I don't. You know, I think 30 years was good enough. <laughs> yeah, 30 years is a long time to do some we'll things. Call it a career. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about a little bit about the Doco Rodeo. It's coming up. You guys rescheduled it for November because of COVID. We did. Our original dates are April 26th and 27th, I thought, this year. And um, and they will. we will produce the 21 Rodeo around that April date as well. But um, our new dates for 2020 are November 6th and 7th. And uh, we're excited. The response has just been incredible. And um, so come to the Blythewood Doco Rodeo. So, yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's a great thing because also you helped produce the uh, South Carolina Women's Open, which was just held in Blythewood at Cobblestone Park. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. And, and what a great event that was. Yeah, um, being Blythewood residents, we're so proud to bring these events to Blythewood because our the community just embraces an opportunity to to showcase our little town and um, and rock and double bar productions um, just has a goal of Blythewood first and uh, we've been pretty successful so but the the South Carolina Women's Open was a great success um, 
you know, during the, the COVID times, we felt like our numbers were very good. And obviously our players and the, the LPGA names that were present were amazing. Yeah, the strength of the field was, was the best yet of the third year of the Women's Open. Um, we had the second year of the Women's Open Pro-Am. Um, we had a full field of 108 <laughs> players. Um, we had a little, well, I was going to say a little storm pop up, but oh my gosh, that was more like a monsoon. Wow, and it came from nowhere. I mean, I was literally watching the radar, and it showed that it was well north of us and for the severe stuff, and it wasn't even raining. And then I looked out the window, and it was, I mean, you couldn't see. It was it was crazy, but everyone stayed safe, and we had a good um, evacuation plan going on. And um, But we did, we have still, if anyone has seen a Nephron tent, floating around Blythewood somewhere. Let us know. Um, it took sail off of the driving range, and we've yet to find it. So um, short of sending divers into the lake, um, we've chalked that one up as a loss. <laughs> yeah, I know we spent all week looking in the trees, like every hole we could possibly find, looking up high in the trees, and that thing, that's just a mystery. It is. Yeah, yeah. but You know, they got... Um, 2.3 inches in about 40 minutes. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was a hurricane strength type <laughs> storm for 40 minutes. An, an inland monsoon. Yeah, but it was, you know, the Pro-Am was such a success, and so everyone could come in. We had our social distancing guidelines, and everyone came into the clubhouse, and we had hors d'oeuvres and, um, you know, prizes. We drew for prizes, and, and actually we had a hole-in-one that day, which was spectacular so um our winner Teresa yeah um so she won like a big Callaway package and a vacation trip and so our prizes are spectacular yeah and I think we could pretty much call it I don't know I'm going to pre-call it this the Firefly Pro-Am they're such huge sponsors um they give us all of our gifts and just you mean wakeboards and of course bottles of Firefly and golf balls and I mean, you name it, the prizes and the, the support we have from Firefly Vodka for that Pro-Am is just amazing. Yeah, Tim Davis is, has been a partner with us from day one, and um, they're, they're just, they're proud to be involved. He loves golf, too, and uh, it was kind of cool. His girlfriend played in the Pro-Am with mm-hmm. him, and so that was, that was a, a, a fun thing for him. So we thank Firefly. Yeah, thank you, Firefly. I know all the players do as well. And then after the prom, we went into the um, Women's Open. Like you said, we had an amazing uh, field. Um, Laura Diaz, Chris Cheddar. I think you coached Chris Cheddar at TCU. You know what? Chris Cheddar was a senior when I was hired um, at TCU in 1984. Ooh, she yourself. was a senior, yeah. <laughs> and um, But I was a youngster. and uh, <laughs> So it was really cool to have Chris come to the South Carolina Women's Open. She was... If you don't know that name, it's spelled T-S-C-H-E-T-T-E-R, but it's pronounced cheddar, like the cheese. And um, But she was the face of Liz Claiborne Golf for years and years um, during her LPGA playing time, and she still plays LPGA. Yeah, we're also speaking of LPGA, we had um, South Carolina local Caitlin Dumbaugh, who's been out on tour for a few years. Go Cox. Go Cox. We had uh, Rosie Jones repeating what a staple in the South Carolina Women's Open. The support from Rosie is just, you know, it's there every year. Um, She lives in Hilton Head, so, um, and she always shows up to play. I mean, there is no, 
it's kind of like all the players now is like we're going to come and beat Rosie. So, <laughs> well, and I thought it was cool during Laura's uh, acceptance speech. Laura Diaz was our champion, um, but Rosie kept her on her toes, and she really gave a lot of kudos to Rosie um, for pushing her and and bringing her back to that competition edge that I guess Laura hasn't experienced in a few years. So it was um, pretty emotional, actually. Yeah, Laura's been um, working with the LPGA on the other side of things, um, you know, focusing on her kids and they're playing golf. And um, from what I understand, they were even with about five holes to go. And then Rosie went one up and then Laura Diaz just rattled off, I think, three or four birdies in a row to (laughs) end up beating um, Rosie by one shot on the 18th hole. (laughs) And the 18th hole is a par five, a slight dog leg right. And uh, we had it set up so it was reachable. So it was kind of a risk reward. You go for the eagle, um, you know, and so it it was a really exciting finish. So we just touched base on the senior professional division for the South Carolina Women's Open. Um, and the senior amateur division was strong, too. I mean, so a lot of strong South Carolina players. We had players come in also from New Hampshire, um, Virginia, just from all over. And, you know, Jane Pardis, I mean, she's just on fire. She was CGA Player of the Year last year, um, won the WSCGA Senior Championship last year, won the WSCGA Match Play Championship. And she came, she came to play again. This was her first year participating in the Open. Um, she was able to play because her daughter moved into Auburn. She swims her, she's a diver at Auburn and um, was able to move into her dorm beginning of the week so Jane could play in the South Carolina Women's Open for the first time. Yeah, it was exciting to have her. She's a Kentucky alumni and, and I guess played one year on the tour, actually, and got her amateur status back, and so she's been kicking everybody's tail. Uh, she plays out of Bulls Bay Golf Club, which is such a great training ground. I mean, if oh, you yeah. haven't played Bulls Bay in Charleston, I guess it's a Mount Pleasant Mount address. But, um, boy, you talk about a course that can give you every shot in your bag and really make you make you a better player. Um, it's produced, obviously, Jane Pardis and Leanne Brown plays out of Bulls oh, yeah. Bay. And, it's another staple in South Carolina. Yeah, so they keep everybody on their toes. So, also home to um, most all of the Hootie and Blowfish um, band members, Darius and Dean and Mark play out there all the time. Um, but Jane, she came out shired, uh, fired a 75 on the first round um, to have a one-shot lead going into the final round and then just backed it up with a 70. And the, you know, the course wasn't set up easy for amateurs. Um, but it was set up fair and playable um, and for a good championship. I mean, this South Carolina Women's Open is literally an open to everybody in the world and uh, on its way to being the best open in the country, I think we could say. It is, and you talk about, you know, I'm talking about competitive golf courses. Cobblestone Park was originally the university club built for the Gamecock golf teams, and um, it's, it's another course that has every shot you would ever need to have to be successful and so I think the um it it gives you what you give it kind of thing so um it's very true and it'll reward great play oh absolutely and you know it's um it's a pb die course so anybody know any type of die course you can imagine the rolling hills elevated greens the flop shots if you short side yourself I mean like you said, every shot in the bag comes into play out there at Cobblestone Park. Yeah, and talking about number 18, the risk-reward, um, you've got a, a lake that 
cuts right in front of that green. So, you know, you've got to really commit to your good target um, on your second shot if you're going at it in two. Just a, a hint, just kind of stay left. Yes. Because <laughs> if you ban it just a little to the right, it's going to take that slope and kind of trickle down into the water where maybe our tent is. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so the seniors played two days. The um, open division, which was uh, 49 and under, they played three days. Um, our open professional division, strong again. I mean, Sydney Legacy defending champion came back. Um Caitlin Dunbaugh, South Carolina Gamecock, um, came back, came for the first time to play. It was nice for her to have a her first professional win on her home course. It was. That was so exciting. She was so emotional as well, and her parents were just um, just thrilled. And it was just it was a great week to to see a Gamecock be victorious. Yeah, she played some great golf. I mean, she shot 65, 66, 69. And I think the last time 65, that, to my knowledge, was shot in a female event was uh, the Lady Gamecock Classic um, back in the early 90s by Jenny Shashirporn. And um, touching back on Laura Diaz really quick, she says she had her first college win at Cobblestone Park in the Lady Gamecock and then to win again. Um, and as she said in her speech, Rosie gave her back her confidence to compete um like you said it was really emotional and, and yeah. she fired a 64 the first day yeah i mean these numbers you know these numbers are spectacular and if you're you know if you especially as a male amateur player um these ladies golf games are more similar to your game absolutely um, than watching tiger and those guys who you know bomb at 400 yards <laughs> um but you can really you can learn a lot from watching these these tempoed swings i mean they don't hit it short right um but even the ones that may hit it maybe a little bit shorter than the average men you know you can learn from their short games and their course management and their self-management so yeah, absolutely the, the keys it's a you know women i think have a little bit more course management because you know different more club opportunities hitting into the greens it's not just wedge every day mm -hmm. um, some of our other players in the professional field like i said sydney legacy she finished the second to caitlin dunbaugh um we got jessica welch from georgia we got Alyssa montgomery from tennessee um sarah eve room from quebec came in um, girl from florida colorado i mean players are are hearing about it and they're coming from everywhere it's exciting. And our own Clarissa Childs finished top 10 in the professional division, which is pretty impressive for a working girl, I tell you. She's, uh, she doesn't spend a whole lot of time playing golf anymore, and so to show that she still got that, that game and that competitiveness was, uh, was a lot of fun to see you play well. It's nice to play. You know, I go out there and play, and I shot 73, and I've maybe played 10 times this year so far, and I'm like, dang, if I practiced... I could probably just go out and tear it up on the senior tour next year. That I sounds mean, like a challenge to me. I think so. <laughs> I might have to do that. And then our fourth category for the Open is the Open Amateur Division. Um, again, some great scores. Players from all over have come. Um, Gina Kim, that plays for Duke, she ended up winning. And interesting on her, she had emailed me before saying she thought she was going to have to withdraw because Duke and the colleges are having kids come early to quarantine. And then she, like, within a couple hours, she mailed back. She's like, oh, no, Coach Brooks said I can stay and play. And, and it's a great thing he did because she ended up winning. 
Um, firing a 71, 69, 66 for a 206 total. Um, just beating Alyssa Montgomery, a, a Tennessee amateur staple up there. Um, just, again, some great play. Well, and, and I've got to think, too, that Gina may have gotten some tips from her coach, Dan Brooks, who's um, a Hall of Famer coach, but in, in hosting the Lady Gamecock Classic at the University Club, at, which is now Cobblestone. Um, Duke won it four years in a row, at least, maybe five years in a row. <laughs> and uh, so he basically had our golf course figured out. And, of course, he had just world-caliber golf teams at the time. But, um, yeah, so – we were proud of Gina. That was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, you know, the, again, the event every year is getting bigger and better. Um, the support from the town of Blythewood, um, just the restaurants, the volunteers, the, you know, the sponsors, and just the whole town support as a whole was just amazing. Um, all the players I know felt very welcome and very loved by everybody, private housing, you name it, and uh, are looking forward to coming back. Yeah, and in a little bit more of a normal time, you know, the the private housing aspect of golf is is such a huge thing. I remember back in your tour days, um, you know, private housing was your first choice because not only did you, you were out of a hotel for a week, which is such a nice thing, but you get to meet families and the families embrace. And I know that, well, we had Lizzie playing here. Yes. And that was a family that you stayed with during your tour days and created that that relationship. And, um, and those relationships don't go away. And for the young pro players, a lot of times it can turn into a sponsorship opportunity. Absolutely. You talked about Lizzie Wynn and uh, they were my housing at Toledo for the Jamie Farr Classic. Um, gosh. 18 years ago i mean lizzie i think was six something like that and now she's a senior at seton hall uh, on the women's golf team and um, the reason they came is they saw me show it on facebook and obviously we're all friends on facebook and they're like hey we need to come and they called me up i'm like come on and they come every year and they're not going to miss it and they tell everybody up in ohio like this is the best tournament you need to come play you need to come play yeah well it's kind of cool too they were house shopping i think they're looking looking to move south so we're trying to recruit them to blythewood and uh maybe even cobblestone park i think so i mean they're (laughs) and they're just great people i mean their son benton lives in nashville he's a musician um their other daughter plays golf as well and it's just um just really good family and and i have gosh my 20 30 years on tour from even the mini tour to the LPGA tour I still keep in touch with so many of my housings and like I said they're all like family and um, that's probably one of the best parts of of competing on tour and traveling is meeting all the people and and I could probably go to any state now and stay with somebody that I know um, (laughs) except for Alaska I haven't been there yet (laughs) I know an Eskimo up there we can (laughs) put you in a in a hut (laughs) As long as we can do some salmon fishing, I'm good. (laughs) And we do have to throw out a little kudos to our Clemson folks, you know, spoken as a true Gamecock, right? We actually selected a few of the little paw print bags because we knew they would select those as their player gift. But we had Heather Bowie. Um, What is her? She's an assistant women's golf coach. She played on tour. Actually, actually she competed at uh, Arkansas this week. I believe she's teeing it up. Yep. You know, Clemson can't uh, travel their women's golf team, so, you know, practice is limited. So she's going out and back and playing this year. That's pretty exciting. We call her Boo. Um, and uh, Grayson Burgess was here for Clemson. And um, so we we were proud to have so many college 
colleges represented at a tough time for the colleges yeah. right now. Um, you know, it's kind of hit and miss on who's who is able to play, who is, you know, I know Clemson did cancel their fall season. Um, I think the Gamecocks are still a little bit up in the air on what they're, they're trying to create so. a limited schedule. And um, so it's an interesting time for these um, coaches and kids, you know, the, the athletes. It's a, um, so hopefully this will all pass and we'll be back to normal in 2021. I hope so. And it sounds like everybody's going to have a spring schedule. Um, so either with all this practice that they're all doing in the fall, um, everybody's going to just tear it up in the spring. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, because, you know, golf's the sport for life and the travel part of it and the team van stuff. That's all, you know, such a great college experience and I hope they get it back soon. So our next major championship for uh, the women in South Carolina um, this year was the WSCJ Senior Championship held at Mount Vantage uh, Plantation and Golf Club. Um, that just finished up and gosh, another some more great golf there. Um, we had to do a last-minute nine-hole change. Uh, their Chester course lost hole six from a rainstorm. A dam broke, and so we played the independent to vintage sign side. And, um, you know, the night before the first round, the course got two inches of rain. So um, <laughs> it's a tough course without rain. <laughs> I'm just curious who's in charge of weather this year for, for golf tournaments. I, I mean, yeah. it's not supposed to rain on the golf course you know it usually doesn't when i'm there but you know we did have you know taylor on site Ooh. our assistant and yeah. um taylor know, i think i think <laughs> i think i put taylor in charge of the the evening <laughs> evening weather so uh so taylor you need to work well on and we'll get um we'll get our intern sarah on that job as well so we can have a, a double whammy for yes. weather um but i got to play in the senior uh championship over there at mount vintage and it was my first time to to play the golf course, I'd walked it before, um, but what a difference in nines, um, literally. And I'm pretty, I'm I'm a pretty long hitter, um, and I couldn't pull my my driver really on the vintage nine. Um, it was not, it was not hills. good, <laughs> good course management to do that. And um, <laughs> so, but what a great place! It was a test, I tell you. Yeah, it's a, a definitely a championship. You know, they used to host the LPGA championship there on the um, the Chester and Vintage side, which is the two we wanted to play. And that was the first time I'd seen the independent side, and it was beautiful. I mean, it looked pretty much like you said, wide open, not as many sharp dog legs. Um, definitely playable, but this rain made it long. I mean... It did. We, we picked cleaned in place, thank goodness. Um, but it was... Uh, Again, but the greens were great. I loved them. They were so fast, and um, it was it was true. Again, you know, you kind of get what you give, and I didn't give a whole lot of good, but um, I had a great time playing. So, it yeah, was fun, and definitely. we had some good champions. Oh, definitely a true championship. And we had, so Karen Wolf, she's 75 years old. I know she, I can say that because I've asked her before. <laughs> um, she defends the Legends Division title for the third consecutive year. Um, beating Luis Givens by one shot. There was quite the little gallery there watching them come in, and everybody's like, I think there's going to be a playoff. I think there's going to be a playoff. And they're like, of course, is there? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have the scorecards yet. And, um, but yeah, she ended up beating Luis Givens by one shot. That was Karen's sixth time claiming the Legends Championship title. And before that, she had claimed the Championship Division title two years. I, mean, I, I tell you what, Karen Wolf is such an inspiration, I think, to golfers of all ages. Um 
I remember after I retired and I started competing a little bit and uh, you know as a coach you don't have a ton of time to play and um, and I was paired with Karen my first event and she was she was just a again an inspiration to me um, her course management and her helpfulness I've seen her mentor so many great players and um, just and not a not in a hardcore way just she's there and she'll help you she won't offer unsolicited advice but she'll help you and uh, I remember I took a bonehead drop um, from a penalty area and Karen after the round we were chatting and um, and she she suggested to me that you know a better option on that drop which was interesting because I know the rules pretty well um, sometimes when you're playing though you kind of lose you know I you know you kind of lose get caught up in that the objectivity yeah. yeah and so it was it was really a, a great moment for me to have that help from her and well I know I she took um, Grace and Burgess under her wing at Ponderosa um, Country Club and I mean Grace's Grayson's playing for Clemson so yeah um, and she's a good kid too I mean Grayson's a good person and, and right. I think you know a lot of that has to do with your mentors who who are your mentors well and I encourage you know I, I think you need mentors in all aspects of life and I encourage any young people or even us older folks you know if you're if you're in a new adventure or you're doing something different to to find someone who's been there done that and um and be open to suggestions it's um it's very rewarding if you are the mentor as well absolutely and you know nobody nobody accomplishes anything in life without somebody else's help or guidance or and it's even that the guidance can be seeing something do what you know you don't want to do right you know it's it's all out there it's all around you and um you know in the championship title this year jane pardis again um she wins by 12 shots defending her title she turned 50 last year she won last year um, she wins this year, so technically Jane Pardis has never lost a senior championship. Um, and she was so excited. And we had a, two lightning delays. Um, not rain, just lightning. I'll take credit for that one. Um, and it was close, and it was all we could do. And everybody. And the second one, we had two groups on their final green putting. And then Jane Pardis' group was like out in the fairway. And I blew the horn. That I got the, the death stare. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, this, I waited as long as I could. I was like, I just, I just, I just can't. Well, I think ultimately they appreciate the safety factor of that. And um, as we all know, even, you know, hopefully God can't hit a one iron, but we don't hit many one irons anymore. So we got to get off the golf course. <laughs> yeah. And everybody wants to make it home to their families as much as I do too. So um, it turned out great. We ended up finishing, um, you know, and, and everybody's so supportive of everybody whether you win or lose it's you know everybody's happy for for the winners as well so well and i and i think we should give a kudos to dave as well the head pro out there yes. and um gosh what a great what a great venue mm-hmm. um and great support wayne and, and Anne, our head of volunteers i mean yeah we just kind of give them the list and what we want, and then they ran with it, and we just show up and give them the paperwork, which I love. I mean, it's and you know what I love about it too? I noticed there's some houses on the on the property, but it was so quiet uh, because it's in the middle of nowhere, basically yes. Augusta, <laughs> Edgefield, I guess. Yeah, North Augusta, North Augusta, the, and um, but it was so peaceful. It's like that old. You know that old course feel where it's yeah. just golf. Well, it is out on a plantation, so um, 
just great. And, uh, you know, they always want to host a WSCGA event. And, uh, you know, so I got to figure out what to put on the schedule for them for next year. They're like, what, are we, what are you bringing next year? And, you know, and I love going there. Like I said, the, the staff and the volunteers are just so supportive. So congratulations, Karen and Jane, on your repeat. Woohoo! And um, look forward to seeing you do it again next year. So I'm so excited. As a board member of the Junior Golf Foundation Board, we have our big fundraiser, the Jane Covington Classic, coming up August 31st. And it's going to be held at Columbia Country Club again. And we love that venue. Yeah, that was the site of our uh, WSU State Am this year. Mm-hmm. And Columbia Country Club's always in perfect shape. Huge supporter of State Association Golf. And just, again, love going there, love working with them. Never have to worry about course conditions. Um, Sam is amazing. Uh, superintendent there. Yeah, and Chris Sparrow is the the club manager and director of golf and they just do it they're just such professionals and Mm -hmm. they make everyone feel at home um and like you say the golf course is such a competitive course i think that of all the courses in in uh columbia area um those are some of the toughest greens i think as far as your approach shots and setting up your putt um a lot of undulation they're quick and and they're tricky they're tricky yeah, yeah they're tricky. definitely tricky. local knowledge helps there yeah it does. but you don't need local knowledge to play in the jane covington well because the jane covington is a, a scramble yeah and i think you stacked your team didn't you well i hope so um <laughs> we've got some fun some fun folks on the team anyway which is a good thing we got my my uh ringer coming in from wyoming our buddy Kristen King, and uh, she plays at Powderhorn Golf Course in, in Wyoming, and um, so we're going to look for her to carry our team. Yeah, I heard she's a stick. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, of course, my husband Buck is playing on our team. And he's an amazing putter. Now, I have played in championships, well, not championships, scrambles with Buck, and he doesn't touch the club for 20 years, but I guarantee you he made about 10 putts outside of 10 to 15 feet. <laughs> he does, and he's so funny. He'll say, yeah, I got my brand-new clubs that are 20 years old because he just doesn't play golf. What so. are they, black cats or bobcats? What are they called? <laughs> Lynx bobcats, <laughs> black cats, yeah. Anyway, so it's uh, that's fun. And then, of course, we've got Law 58 playing with us. That would be Leanne Walker, um, who competed in the South Carolina Women's Open as well. Yep. Uh, she's a friend of ours from up in North Carolina, and and she's coming to support our Junior Golf Foundation as well. And so we appreciate all that. And the the Law 58 story is kind of a, a fun one. Yeah, we were playing in the Senior LPGA Championship last year, um, both her and my first one. And, uh, you know, the rules of golf had changed. And she doesn't really play golf much anymore. She's a contractor. She's a real estate agent. Um, her dad's a builder, and they have a trash company on Oak Island. And um, so she's busy doing other stuff. So really the only time she plays is when her and I and you guys get together and uh so she's out there and she didn't know much she knew some of them but not much and um her dad was lining up her putts while she was playing which is against the rules and somehow nobody saw it for a round and a half and then she's five holes into her second round and someone called it on her and they made her go back and count every putt that he lined her up on and ended up getting a total for the two days 58 shot penalty which is against book world record yes it is and so now we call her law 58 <laughs> leanne walker and we had hats made up that say law 58 yeah so. and and handling something like that obviously she shot 74 and 
so her scores didn't reflect any of the good play that she had but um you talk about a class act and um it was uh it was an interesting time for her and uh but she took it like a champ yeah we we just love leanne now we just laugh about it yeah (laughs) so but the covington is a four-person scramble um august 31st um there's silent auction there's obviously mulligan packets there's prizes um, I think there's a, a hole where three junior girls from South Carolina will tee off and play the hole with you. Um, it's a 10 o'clock shotgun at Columbia Country Club. And we hope that you can come out and, and join us and play. It's $100 a, a player. Yeah, we can take some last-minute entries because we're not full yet. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, if you can't play, I mean, make a donation. I mean, the junior girls in South Carolina, there's over 800 girls that play high school golf. And we just, you know, the Junior Golf Foundation gives money back. We help pay for their entry fees. We They give out scholarships, the Bob Handler Scholarship. And so any donation, small or large, um, for these girls, you know, we give 99% of it back to, to the players. You know, obviously we have to buy paper and stuff. So um, to make a donation at wscga.org, and there's a donation button for our Junior Golf Foundation. It's a tax write-off. Um, and help the, help the girls in South Carolina. I tell you, it's impressive the the talent of the South Carolina Junior Girls, and really how much these donations and the Junior Golf Foundation does for them. We we uh, reimburse for some of their entry fees, and and we host a couple of tournaments for them to have an opportunity to have points. And it, it's just a you know it's a game building foundation, and um, and we appreciate all the support that we get. And another thing they do is um, an LPGA clinic started, the clinic started a few years ago, but then upgraded to having the LPGA players that come in to play in the South Carolina Women's Open teach the clinics. Well, with COVID, we ended up doing it virtually this year um, to avoid the big gatherings. Um, and the clinic was taught by Anne-Marie Pauly, first international player to win on the LPGA Tour. Um, and newest uh, American citizen. Yeah, we um, like to call her Frenchie. <laughs> that's right. And uh, Kathy Johnson Forbes, an LPGA major winner. Um, she won the DeMaurier Classic. Or Classic, um, Of course, Law 58. Um, and I believe that myself was the fourth uh, teacher there. Yeah, it was, it was really spectacular. We invited um, being at Cobblestone Park um, to give back to all of our 60-plus volunteers that we had for the South Carolina Women's Open. We hosted this on the Wednesday prior to the Pro-Am. And so we invited the the volunteers who were mostly residents of Cobblestone, not all. Um, so we invited them to the um, to the clinic and I think it was, I, I think it was really uh, made an impact on them. And it was interesting to have these four pros give their vision of tips because everyone was so different. You could tell they all come from a different teaching platform and playing platform, and um, and it was great. I mean, uh, I always look forward to the clinics. You know, the we've had it at Partee Driving Range for the past several years, and we've had over a hundred plus juniors come, and and you know they'll either come with their golf teams and or they'll come as individuals with their golf coaches and. But, you know, you've got players that can shoot even par, and you've got players, literally last year, I remember a couple of players, they had never really touched a club yet. They had signed up to play in their golf, on their golf team, and they were so excited. And so it's, it's cool to be able to give back in that aspect as well. And we're adding 
we had it scheduled for this year and um, got canceled again due to COVID. Um, but we're adding a another clinic in Greenville, yes. South Carolina. Um, we're in discussions with the Haas Family Golf Center up there, and they're so excited to be able to host that coming in in 2021. So keep your ears open for that one. Yeah, so it was um, obviously it was a little different not having the juniors there and doing the the hands on um, teaching. So with the players, we just went over the fundamentals of the game, you know, stance, grip, swing, pivot, plane, um, brave, and then we touched on um, scoring. You know, there's two parts of the game. There's the fundamentals, and then there's actually applying the game. And um, Anne Marie's a huge um, student of the game and all methods out there and. And the one that she, we all touched on was um, the five main things to um, to scoring and playing. And, uh, you know, it's course management, um, keeping the ball in play, um, purposeful practice, and, and just a good mindset. And as a coach, you know, a college coach, I mean, you've preached that for years. I know to me and all of our teammates and all your players. And um, of those five things, like, what do you – I mean, obviously they're all important, but what – you think is the most important to focus on well i think the i think the main thing you have the most control over is yourself and your mindset and your approach to the game um small targets having having a routine where you're doing the same thing prior to each shot so your mind knows that your body is ready and vice versa um it's a proven fact that your mind can really think only one thing at a time and you have control over choosing what that is and so if you're ever standing over a golf shot and you know you have to carry the water and your last thought is don't hit it in the water well your mind doesn't understand a negative yeah so if you're telling yourself don't hit it in the water you have just programmed your mind to hit it in the water done that many times yeah and you're and if you'll think about that so your whole focus has gone off of your target and it's gone into what you don't want to do. So um, I think that's so important, you know, and as a coach, of course, course management is huge. Um, you know, if you've got an opportunity to hit a par five and two, then um, know what club, you know, normally if you have a three wood into a par five and two, you shouldn't really go with that because normally a par five is designed to have protection around the green. So there's usually bunkers, there's usually undulation. The golf course architect doesn't really want you to own his par five and two. Yeah, definitely have to evaluate the risk reward. Yeah, so know, you know, know what club you're hitting in there and if it'll hold. Yeah, and then yeah. short game. I mean, 68% of your golf game is wedge and under, wedge and putter. Absolutely. You always joke around, chip putt, chip putt. I mean, if you don't have time to practice and work on your swing, go putt for 30 minutes a day even in your house and uh i promise you your scores will go down if you save that one one putt saves you you know one shot makes a huge difference and just it does it's interesting you know the the three putt syndrome people always complain about and it really adds to your score quickly um but the key to to fewer three putts is being good at a lag putt and having a tap in for that second putt not leaving yourself six feet five feet uh for that second putt that's the key so if you have an opportunity like you say and and a good a good drill for that is just get on the putting green and forget about the hole and and putt long putts to the edge of the fringe 
and see how accurate you can be and you know put it to a, a two-foot circle and you'll you'll save shots absolutely and then the other thing you know is they say keep it in play and you it's course management yes but as you said in the senior championship you didn't take your driver out on the vintage side at all because you wanted to keep it in play and if you can keep the ball in play and find it and hit it again i mean that's a great goal you know <laughs> I, I tell you what when i was growing up i grew up on a very narrow golf course and I don't think I ever saw a fairway till maybe my junior year in college. Um, and I was a great player out of the trees. But then you put me in the fairway and I'd make bogey. I think just because my focus wasn't so so tight. You know, I could focus on a little hole and I'd be 100% there. And then the fairway was like, oh, my gosh, look at all the space I have. And I'd like miss the green with a wedge. And I'm well, like, really? and as Clarissa's college golf coach for two years, I can attest to the fact when Clarissa was in the trees and, you know, she'd call me over. I was just, I was a source of confidence for her because she would say, okay, coach, you see that little hole? I mean, and it would be minute. And she'd say, I'm going to hit it through that. And I'm like, you do it. (laughs) And I could tell when she was committed and confident in the shot. And if she wasn't, then I could, I could redirect her a little bit, but it was very seldom. She was a, she was a shot maker. My, in the trees, if three golf balls could fit through at the same time then I was only hitting one and that's the size the smallest hole I would pick if I had to choose a hole I wouldn't go any smaller than that and the funny part is is I thought everybody played like that like if I knew back then how I guess apparently I was a pretty good ball striker to be able to hit a golf ball through a hole where three balls could fit through you know if I knew that and realized that that's not what everybody on tour can do I don't know might have been a different story saying Annika who well, and sometimes I think that we're taught fear. And uh, so if you can just trust your instincts in this game, especially, and go with your gut, I think you can be really successful. I know. And so talking about success, um, the South Carolina Junior, Georgia-South Carolina Junior Challenge matches. Um, South Carolina won last year. Uh, we went to Georgia. It was hosted at Sea Island Golf Club down in uh, Sea Island, Georgia. And... I mean, some great play. I mean, it's a six persons, the top six finishers from the WSCGA State Junior Championship versus Georgia's WS, Georgia's Junior State Championship top six finishers. And um, you happen to be one of the captains. I was so honored to be a captain with uh, a co-captain with Leah Bowman. Yep. And um, and we had six amazing, not just amazing golfers. These girls are so impressive just personally and their families and the support that they have um and and the georgia south the georgia golf association jeff and his crew and belinda who was their captain i love belinda um they just they do an amazing job and it's such it's such a great friendship match Mm -hmm. um obviously we all want to win and we're all just crunching it out jeff and i talked smack for about three weeks prior to the event on you know who's keeping the trophy and all kinds of stuff so absolutely but it was some great golf and it came down literally literally to the last hole and i have to say that um our our south carolina Adrian Anderson. Adrian Anderson. So I was walking in with her, and um, she had a bunker shot, and she hit a great bunker shot, and um, and that was, I mean, basically about a three footer yeah. to to secure the match. Well, the Georgia girl stands up and holds like a fifteen footer. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, kind of shocked the world, as they would say. 
And um, so Adrienne had a little pressure on that little putt that she had to finish, and um, and she certainly did. But what an exciting finish. And um, The matches, I mean, the first day, um, you know, it's Ryder Cup style. It's Nassau style, point uh, front, back, and total. And after the first day, the teams were tied nine points each. And then the second day, I mean, it was so close, like you said, and we ended up tying nine points each. But since uh, we had the cup, um, and there was no outright winner. We retained the cup, um, which was exciting. And uh, it's back in its uh, its showcase over there at Country Club of Lexington. Oh, it's exciting. And it's it's called the Karen Faree Cup, which is, um, which is a great name to have attached to junior golf on any level in Absolutely. any state. And, you know, that was one of her trophies that she had won when she <sighs> competed full-time. And, you know, she numerous wins, just a great golfer. And, you know, you when you have so many wins, you collect all these crystal vases and all, you have all these trophies and stuff and like, where do you put them? And so oh. um, a good spot was to, to donate it as the trophy for the Georgia South Carolina matches, um, which we just cherish. How exciting. Having. We need to talk to Karen and Jane about <laughs> donating some of their hardware <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> down the line. <laughs> they need some more spaces if they keep this up. Exactly. <laughs> so, but you know, always great competing with Georgia. Um, South Carolina is hosting next year. Um, site is not determined yet. Um, and, you know, the, the South Carolina girls, like you said, are super strong. I think there's, in my opinion, um, full scholarship athletes through the year, what, 13 years old, so what, 2026 in right. South Carolina women's golf. So Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Our future is bright. Yes, it is. <laughs> so a couple other things, you know. As much as we like to think golf is all about golf in South Carolina, women's golf South Carolina, um, we do have some other things going on in the golf world. Um, let's talk about the LPGA. They just came off of the British Open, I guess now called the AIG Women's Open. Um, and Dame Laura Davies, that was her 40th one that she's played in. She played in her first one when she was 16. And so they asked her if she wanted to do the opening shot, which meant she was in the first pairing and hit the first shot of the day. Um, there's only one other player. Um, to have played in every uh, British Open or AJGA Women's Open since it became a major, and that was Christy Kerr. So for 19 years, um, it's only been a major for the tours. Um, but that's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, and Sofia Popoff uh, from Spain ended up winning. Um, I know last year uh, she was going to quit golf. Yeah, it's amazing how um, sometimes when you, when you come to that crossroads in your career, um, you really identify what's important and what's not important. And it sounds like Sophia had a renewed passion, I guess, for golf. And that's what it takes. I think sometimes you put it in perspective. Yeah. Well, and the self-pressure. I mean, there's, I think there's a little difference when you're out there. Um, obviously, you're always out there playing for a check. But when you're like, okay, this is my, this is it. It's not as much self-pressure and actually allows you just to play mm-hmm. and get out of your own way. Um, I think she's played on some mini tours here in the United States. Yeah, she um, actually our friend Mike Brown, who runs the Cactus Tour, and it's the Cactus Tour is is maybe a third level, you know, behind the Symmetra Tour, and he probably wouldn't be impressed that I called it the third level because a quote that he had when Sophia won was that you know it doesn't matter what tour you're on. Yeah, it, uh, it it's all competitive golf and. And just like it doesn't matter if you're a college player, if you're playing Division One, Two, II, or Three, or independent, or you know, it's you against the golf course. 
And so that's, that's really exciting. I'm so excited for Sophia. What a great win on so many levels. Yeah, so good. And also, you know, again, back to South Carolina, Austin Ernst, she finished fifth over there across the pond. Um, you know, South Carolina's having some great weeks this week Absolutely. playing. I mean, let's jump to the PGA Tour, Dustin Johnson. I mean, 30 under. Are Hello. you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, did he play all the holes? <laughs> I mean, he had three birdies, five eagles, 41 pars, and only three bogeys to shoot the second lowest total score in PGA history. Mm, that's impressive. And, you know, something that strikes me with Dustin, too, is Dustin plays in his personality. And I think it's, it's always interesting to me. You see this bubbly, giggly person you know off the golf course and then you see them on the golf course and they become this intense OCD person and nine times out of ten they're not as successful on the golf course as maybe their talent level because they try so hard to change their persona on the golf course and I think Dustin is such a great example of playing within your personality it's just like doom doom you know just <laughs> chill and um, play one shot at a time which is the key. Yeah, so he's back to number one world ranking, uh, number Woo-hoo. one in the FedEx points. Um, so he's having a great year um, as well. You know, South Carolina is out there tearing it up and, and showing <laughs> well for sure. Um, as far as, you know, we got the the LPGA Mini Tour, which is the Symmetra Tour. Um, you know, we had a couple players in our South Carolina Women's Open last-minute withdrawal because they got into the Symmetra Tour event uh, out in Arizona. Yeah, we love to hear that. I mean, that's, you know, these these girls have a goal, and they have a dream, and that's to play on the top level. And the Symmetra Tour is such a great way for them to get there. Um, you know, Caitlin Dunbaugh, um, she achieved her LPGA status by finishing top 10 on the Symmetra Tour. And um, and it's, boy, that's that's what it's all about. So as much as we hated that they weren't playing in South Carolina, um, we love that they had the opportunity to, to play the Symmetra Tour. Absolutely. And like so we support that. I mean, we give them a full refund if they got into a Symmetra Tour event because that's their career and their livelihood. They need to go play that. We support them 100% as much as we'd, like you said, like to have them in the open. Um, but we'd also love to see them up on TV on the big show. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with the Symmetra Tour, um, go to SymmetraTour.com and you'll see some names you recognize and some that you'll learn and and may want to follow but in that top 10 qualifying for the LPGA Tour there's only $3,000 separating the top 10 and that's a that's a good week I mean that's all that is so it's pretty exciting if you uh, you know if you're if you need some sport fix right now, we're um, kind of an interesting time on, on that. The Symmetra Tour would be something really exciting to follow. Absolutely, and they only have four events left, so it's getting down to the wire, so we'll see whose nerves hold on and whose uh, falter a little bit and and just get to learn how to get in that position. Um, another new thing, uh, we got Phil Mickelson became 50 years old. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Phil. So he played in his first <laughs> Champions Tour event, and he won. I'm sure they were excited to see him out there. Oh, God. Um, he said he's not going to have it be a full-time thing on the Championship Tour. He said he still has some uh, PGA Tour wins in his future, competing against uh, Dustin Johnson and those guys. So, And he's such a joy to watch on TV and um, just such a, you know, he plays in his own in his own personality too, I believe. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting that people when they rank their favorite players. I think Phil and 
Tiger and those guys are always up in the top. Um, just because they've been, you know, Phil has been such an amazing ambassador for golf on very many levels. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to see him on the Champions Tour. Absolutely. And, you know, that, and they're still, they don't have spectators yet at any of these events, which makes a big difference as far as, you know, the adrenaline going. Um, and all the players have to get tested within 72 hours before getting on site. And uh, I believe the NCAA is doing the same thing with college sports, um, having the athletes tested every week, um, which is a huge expense. And that might be part of the reason why some people, some conferences are canceling their some of their schedules because could you imagine testing all those at the expense of testing all those athletes every week mm-hmm. um for especially COVID? when your your major income producing sports are kind of on the fence or or canceled exactly and uh, you know south carolina the university of south carolina is so lucky to have such great boosters and nephron pharmaceuticals just down the road i believe they're donating all the tests to the university for their athletes so. they are and they they donated all the hand sanitizer that's all over campus and um they're just a great you know lou kennedy and and her crowd at nephron they they take care of south carolina yeah and all the people i mean they're they're all about the people and it shows well and it's interesting you know you look at all the tours and the things that they've done the lpga um had their first two events were back to back in ohio and and they secured venues that um, were in close proximity so the players could live out of the same hotel yeah. for two weeks so they didn't have to go and feel exposed. Um, so that was a, you know, that was just a great um, pivot. I think the the world is pivoting and um, so we just have to pivot with it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so um, I think... You know, we've we've touched on everything here in in the golf world in South Carolina and all over the world, and I think it's time for the for the rest of the story. We had mentioned uh, the Karen Faree Trophy for the Junior Girls South Carolina versus Georgia matches. The Roundtree Cox Mace Trophy is the South Carolina Georgia Georgia Junior Team matches for the boys. And there's a really interesting history surrounding this trophy. The Roundtree Cox Mace, which debuted at the South Carolina-Georgia Junior Team Matches at the Palmetto Golf Club in Aiken in 2001, was created to honor the founders of the matches, Charlie Roundtree Jr. and Pete Cox. The mace was donated by the Roundtree family and was designed to capture the names of all participants and those individuals whose contributions should be recognized. What's cool is the history of this trophy. The mace is a huge part of both South Carolina and U.S. history. In 1756, South Carolina was presented with a mace that resides in the House of Representatives chambers and represents the only mace in the country that predates the Revolution. The mace was picked because of its unique place in American lore and that it coincides with the 200th celebration of our nation's birth and the beginning of what is thought to be the longest running interstate junior matches in the country. I'll try and describe how the trophy looks. The mace sits on a base of walnut that uses original copper from the State House Dome in South Carolina with cutouts in the shape of the state 
to list annual participants. Gold plates cut out in the shape of Georgia represent the facade of the State House Dome in Atlanta. Palmetto fronds are inlaid on the mace because the palmetto is indigenous to both Georgia and South Carolina. The top of the mace has two young men shaking hands, symbolizing the vision of promoting junior golf and camaraderie between Georgia and South Carolina. How about that? That's pretty cool, huh? Well, until next time, and there you have the rest of the story. <laughs> Christy, thank you for so much for joining us in the studio today, um, being a part of the Birdies or Bust podcast. And until next time, see you later. Slowly down my spine